one unintended benefit of this COVID crisis might be a shift to a four-day work week. How does that sound to you? I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. There's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy that people don't feel that they can do very much. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. When COVID was first hitting, predictions were up to 240,000 Americans could die. Well, that was way off. Now we're about close to 650,000 in America alone. 2020 was the worst year for millions of us, a truly annus horribilis, as Queen Elizabeth described another year. Aside from the deaths and disease, economies of the United States and the United Kingdom have been decimated. Many businesses have been wiped out. Unemployment levels not seen since the Great Depression. We've all had to make significant adjustments. One of the unintended effects has been measurably cleaner air. People are spending more time at home, either alone or with families. Not being under so much time and work pressure, people have had more time to make healthier foods and other decisions. Of course, we're all quite pleased that the vaccines are on the horizon, but it is getting back to normal, to the ever-ramped-up, full-on normalcy of the intensity of work in the 21st century, really where we want to be at the end of this thing? Could it be that new ways of thinking, of ordering the world as an unintended uh, consequence of the plague may turn out to be of remarkable benefit? Perhaps returning to the pressure of the five-day, 40-plus-hour work week is no longer in our best interest. Depression and anxiety in a workforce has intensified in recent years because of all that pressure. And that's not productive for anybody. Our guest today is Joe Ryle, a campaigner for the four-day week in the United Kingdom, the old mother country of America, and like Britain's model for our freedom in the Magna Carta, quite possibly the four-day work week is an idea whose time has come to these shores as well. Joe Ryle is a former advisor to Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell, uh, member of parliament and a former Labour Party press officer. Might it be possible that a four-day 30-hour work week is a remarkably good new approach to work and leisure. Perhaps, aside from the awful results of this COVID-19 pandemic, perhaps the Western world will get new answers to old problems. Maybe the four-day work week is one of the things that we've needed. Perhaps it's time to reimagine a much better post-pandemic world with a truly uh, healthier work-life balance. Joe Ryle, thanks so much for being with us. And tell us, please, about the genesis of this idea and how you got involved. What has led up to it? Hi, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Um, I, I was, I, I, as you said in the introduction, I, I was working for the Labour Party um, for a number of years, and I don't know if you remember, but the Labour Party had a, quite a sort of forward-thinking, four-day working week policy at the the last general election in the UK. Um, but really, it, it, the four-day working week as a policy has um, re-emerged and it's it gaining popularity across the world post-COVID-19. Um, and that's not surprising because, you know, as we've seen, the world of work has been completely thrown up in the air. Um, and while, you know, while that has presented lots of um, difficult challenges for the economy, particularly around unemployment, 
Um, it's also a huge opportunity to rethink how we work and to try and, as you say, build towards a better future. And, you know, where where we've done polling on a four-day working week, it seems to be immeasurably popular. Mm. Um, and I think people are, people are sick and tired of the old ways of working, working nine-to-five, five-day-a-week model. It seems very outdated, and, and I think people are saying it's time for change. Yeah, and not everybody loves their job. That is for sure. They just do it to get by. The leaders of your campaign in the United Kingdom, the U.S., Germany, Spain, New Zealand, Ireland, and Wales, all wrote a letter to the leaders of those countries in response to the epidemic, the idea about the four-day work week. Tell us about that effort, please. Yeah, so I think the main premise of that letter was that uh, was acknowledging the situation that we're in right now, which is that on the one hand, we have millions of people facing unemployment. And at the same time, we have millions of people overworked, burnt out, suffering from mental health issues in their jobs. And so the four-day week is the best policy-making opportunity for sharing that work more equally across the economy. And that was what the letter was pointing out. And so it was looking at the historical context of working hours and reductions in working hours over time. And it's quite interesting that since the 1940s, when the eight-hour day and the weekend was won, uh, largely by campaign led by the trade unions, working hours have reduced gradually until about the 1980s. But actually, since the 1980s, we've pretty much stayed the same when it comes to working hours. Um, you know, there's some there's some exceptions to that, but largely working hours have not reduced since the 1980s, and so. The, the letter was making the point that you know work, reduction in working hours has often been used during times of economic crisis and recession, and they should be utilized again now. Yeah, interesting. Some people are underworked, some people are overworked. Hmm. <laughs> There's work to be done. Now, I was born at mid-century, and when I imagined the 21st century, I pictured a lot more free time for everyone to be creative and to enjoy life. Many of us envisioned automation, robots eliminating a lot of the drudgery and low-skill work that machines could do. Despite expectations, huge technological advantages and automation have actually not ushered in a new era of more free time for us all to actualize ourselves, as Carl Jung put it. There is a lot of history on this front, the eight-hour day, the five-day week, the whole idea of the weekend. Again, it didn't just pop out of nowhere. At the time, it was seen as quite radical and didn't come easily. And I picture, uh, as, as somebody who studies a lot about the First World War, how the working conditions at the beginning of the 20th, 20th century and now, you know, it's like it, things haven't caught up. In what way is a four-day week effort a logical next step for the betterment of all? I think, it's the, I think it's the obvious next step. And I would go as far as saying that a four-day working week is inevitable. Um, but I see it as up to us to accelerate that change. Because it's frankly absurd that, as you say, in this era of great, tech, great technological advances, huge automation, part of that, that new era that has been ushered in was a promise that it would free us up to all have more free time. And, you know, the economist John Maynard Keynes but we predicted that we'd all be working a 15-hour week by now, and that just hasn't happened. Um, 
And it, re it really is about time, a long time overdue that we were working less so we could, you know, have more time to spend doing the things we love in life. As you say, not everyone enjoys their job, right. um, but we all have to work to, 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 you know, to make a living. But we should have much more time in our lives for doing the things we love. Boy, I, I, I must say I'm a big fan of John Maynard Keynes. I, I, he's just he's right on so many things. I wish uh, more politicians would follow that, but we have to press the politicians about so many things. Yeah. It oftentimes he got it, he, he got it wrong on he got it wrong on working hours, though, didn't he? Well, be more specific. What do you mean? Oh, that. But well, he 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 famous. He famously predicted that we'd be working a 15-hour week by this point, and that just hasn't happened. Well, I also thought the 21st century would be a full-on dedication to public education, and boy, was I wrong about that. They've been <laughs> The Republicans here have been cutting funding for education, and boy, we're mm -hmm. paying a price for that. So we may have a, a standard five-day, 40-hour week, but how has the COVID-19 affected working hours in our already always on intense culture How, how's the COVID-19 affected that thus far so what we found in the UK and this is perhaps surprising and you know it is is a move in the wrong direction unfortunately is that research we've done recently shows actually workers overall are doing putting in longer hours rather than shorter hours during COVID-19 pandemic and we think what that's down to is the fact that there's no checks and balances in place when workers are working remotely from home there's no clear start and end to the day, um, which is adding on at least an extra hour each day. And that, that our research showed that's causing increasing mental health issues um, at work, uh, particularly well, disproportionately impacting on women who have caring responsibilities. So that's a very worrying sign, you know, and then I think it's worth everyone being aware that while there is a huge opportunity now, unless we try and shape that opportunity in terms of where we do move to the world of work, then, then it won't necessarily be to the benefit of workers. Yeah, it's funny about that, how uh, <laughs> things for workings, uh, working class people don't happen uh, from the top down. They usually happen from the bottom up, from pressure. It, in fact, I think it always works like that. You mentioned women. How have women been affected differently from men by this uh, COVID crisis of the past year in terms of work? Well, where, you know, we know that women uh, disproportionately take up more caring responsibilities within, within society. Um, and where our latest research, what our latest research has shown is that where women have those extra caring responsibilities, it's those, it's that group that have been particularly badly impacted on, on, on their mental health. Um, and that's a, that's a very worrying trend. But of course, that's also, you know, provides an example for where a four-day week would be massively beneficial because um, we know that four-day week means that there would be a greater sharing of unpaid and unpaid work. So where mm. uh, caring, unpaid caring responsibilities are um, at the moment falling disproportionately on women, there yes. would be an opportunity to share that work more equally between men and women. And that's such important work. It may not be compensated directly, but it's really important work for future generations. And you know, it's time to recognize that. And perhaps maybe that'll be one of the side benefits of, of the four-day work week. And you know, people have gotten uh, COVID fatigue. People are thinking, well, not so much thinking, more just reacting, saying, 
I'm tired of this lockdown. You know, it, 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 people are grumbling about that. There's been fatigue and an eagerness to just, oh, just open up. Just, you know, pretend it's not there. That's very dangerous. And some schools, for kids, obviously, opened up part-time to shift it around, to enable fewer kids at a time to be together, doing some social distancing in a classroom that could say hold 20, maybe they have fewer kids. So they're uh, shifting, uh, have, having uh, different times that uh, the kids come in. I'm thinking that the four-day work week might similarly work uh, to, to protect the health of, of the workers and not be jammed in there, as, as we've often seen. Has this been tried? Um, to my knowledge, the four-day work week hasn't been tried in, in in schools or the NHS actually so far. But um, I, I meant I always I always say, I, I I meant more just the uh, the different times, you know, like a staggered time. Some people go in some days, other people go in other days, and, and sort of yeah, that has been that, that has been trialed, and 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 so that that is the way of doing it in the service sector. So it's very easy to implement a four-day week um, within, let's say, white-collar jobs, office workers, because you can just pretty much implement that overnight and people can take the same day off, largely. Uh-huh. Um, but in the, service se- in the service sector, so where you have schools, NHS, restaurants, cafes, etc., of course you can't just close down the schools on right. a Friday. Um, and so that the implementation of the four-day week then becomes a little bit more tricky, but it's very achievable with very cleverly designed shift patterns across the week. So it wouldn't be that everyone has the same day off. It would be that the, right. the work would be spread out across the week. Interesting. Yeah, I, I bet that's that's working all right. Is What's been found about how well that's working in terms of productivity, for example? We, ha- I haven't, we haven't. I'm not aware of any major trials in schools yet. Hopefully, there'll be there'll be some to come soon. But wherever businesses have moved to a four-day week, and we're aware in the UK of at least 15 to 20 small businesses that have made the switch uh-huh. with no with no reduction in pay for workers since right. COVID. Wherever they have done that, they're reporting back that productivity has gone up. Uh, workers are happier and healthier. All of their targets in terms of business targets are still being met, um, and it's largely working really well. There was a famous. Um, the most famous example was in Japan, where Microsoft trialed a four-day week, and they found that uh, the results of their studies while that, was, that trial was taking place showed that productivity went up by 40%. Mm. So, there's, you know, not, not only is there a, a strong argument in terms of well-being for workers, there's a huge argument in terms of it benefiting the economy. Mm. Who knew? Well, that's interesting. And, and it's uh, the pandemic is allowing us to see something unexpected. For those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. And we're uh, calling across the pond Joe Ryle, who is a uh, leader of the four-day workweek uh, movement in the United Kingdom, which is really picking up steam. And it's one of the uh, unintended uh, results of the COVID uh, crisis that uh, it, it may be a very, very good thing. Now, research in the United Kingdom has revealed some very interesting facts. How has mental health been affected? What's been found by bringing the work into the home, merging the boundaries between home and work? I mean, many bedrooms are now workstations. How has working remotely already affected working hours? And what are some of the effects of that 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 some of the research has found? 
Well, I mean, it is just that. It's just, you know, mental health issues are going through the roof. And we've seen that here in terms of the amount of calls that are being put into the mental health services, the amount of people on waiting lists that can't get access to mental health. It has just shot through the roof. And partly that won't be all because of people are working too much. It will just be linked to the stresses and strains of, of you know, what is a horrific pandemic. Um, but, you know, I think for a lot of people finding you know people are finding it you know i i i think that there needs to be more flexibility built into the work system and people should be able to work from home some days but it it's not sure it's not it's not ideal to be working from home five days a week on your own with no separation between home and work life and i think you know that's taking a massive toll on workers um as well as the fact that people are working more hours yeah interesting and and difficult and your organization, well, what, what is the name of your organization, first of all, actually? Is it just four-day week, or what, what is the name if people want to investigate it on the, uh, the Internet? So it's the four-day week campaign. Um, oh, that's easy enough. Is, it's, it's the number four, dayweek.co.uk is how you can find our website. And we've, we've operated for the last four years, um, oh. largely as a volunteer-led organization, um, but have, since the summer, brought in some funding to kind of step up the campaign if uh-huh. you like. So it started before COVID happened. Interesting. And I wonder, you know, if is there a comparison between uh, it's it how people are receiving the idea before in in the before times versus now is it suddenly more uh, attractive now do you think or, or is it just kind of going up steadily? I think it is suddenly taking off and I think that's because people are seeing around them that change can happen very quickly when we want it to. You know, no one, no one would have predicted back in March that the majority of, of populations uh, across countries all over the world would have overnight gone to working from home, working remotely. No one would have predicted that, that was possible. And people have seen how quickly that change happened, that they're starting to right. consider you know, they, the entirety of their work and, and their life, their work-life balance and they're thinking, actually, if we can do that, surely we can just go down to four days a week. Boy, that does sound good. And your organization believes that, that the four-day week will benefit, in many ways, benefit our society, our economy, our environment, and our democracy. So there's a lot to talk about there. And you talked a little bit about mental health, the stress that's coming around, you know, possibly uh, equalizing shares of work and the sense of community. That's something that's very hard to come by, I think, these days in the 21st century, at least in America, when people are just sort of, you know, stuck in their workstations or their homes, just that one individual and the computer. There's, there's not a sense of community there. And uh, I, I wonder how the four-day work week might actually affect the sense of community, which I happen to think is really important for a, a, a civilization. What about that sense of community? I, I think it would be massive, actually. Um, you know, if, if people have more free time, then what are they, you know, then we have to consider what are they going to do with that extra day off that they have. And, right. and largely a lot of that time will be spent uh, in their local community whether it's from volunteering um, mm-hmm. or just spending money in local shops visiting local cinemas local amenities it would be a huge mm-hmm. boost to local economies mm-hmm. as a result of it um, and you know people would have more time to spend doing the things they love whether that's gardening as I say volunteering in the community 
Um, and I think, you know, we shouldn't underplay that. I think, you know, we're talking about, in a way, a policy that would transform the face of communities and transform society for the better. Wow. It's, uh, it sounds very good. The conventional wisdom, of course, has been, and conventional wisdom is usually wrong, it's been that the way to increase productivity is to increase time spent at work as a share of life. We saw that with uh, uh, Ford Motor Company a long time ago, speeding up the uh, assembly line, get more out of each worker without necessarily increasing their pay. Uh, what what has been found so far regarding productivity from working fewer hours? It's sort of uh, counterintuitive to think if you work fewer hours, how can productivity go up? Shouldn't you just always be increasing uh, uh, productivity by spending more time at work and uh, just work, work, work? How's it how's it work so far regarding productivity? Yeah, you might you might think so. Conventional wisdom might think so, but it doesn't actually work like that. So in the UK, we have a particular problem where um, we work the longest hours compared to any EU country, while at the same time being one of the least productive countries. Um, and so it's a particular problem here, and it shows that. You know, over a certain threshold, and we argue that that should be a 32-hour, four-day working week. Once you reach that point, you're not actually being any more product, productive in the extra hours that you do. And, you know, that's, that's, I don't think that will come as a surprise to most people who work in any kind of job. You know, everyone spends many hours within their working week over five days wasting time, you know, slacking, going on social media. Um, and that's just because they're at work too much. They, sh- they, you know, people shouldn't be working five days a week. Um, so, so you know, and all the studies and all of the companies that have moved to a four-day week, all of those show that productivity always goes up. Um, so it would be a huge boost to productivity and a huge boost to the economy on that basis. And that's, interestingly enough, uh, yesterday, Unilever um, in New Zealand announced that they're going to be trialing uh, a four-day week for a year. And I, I was struck by the statement by one of their managers who, who made the announcement. He said, what we're going to do going forward, we're going to measure success on output rather than time works. And I think that's the right way to go. And, of course, the environment. People have uh, people who care about the environment, which is a lot of people, hopefully, have recognized Oh my goodness, the pollution is going way down. The skies are clearer. Uh, even some uh, animals in, in uh, you know, different uh, wild areas are doing a lot better now. It's had a remarkable effect on the environment. The natural environment has been improved as a result of COVID. People not driving so much. Uh, less pollution happening. Less, a lot, people working from home means less carbon pollution. I, I, I wonder... You know how, uh, you know if uh, how we can continue reducing the carbon footprint and how the four-day work week might uh, sort of build that in of of uh, helping the environment to clean up uh, the rivers and the air and and things like that. What's the effect on the environment? Yeah, well, I mean, all the stats show that wherever people are working from home or wherever there's back holidays people then commute less and that results in less carbon emissions. Um, and so that's one massive, easy benefit. You know, if people are working four days and you have one less day uh, of, of carbon emissions from commuting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, other, the, other, the other major environmental is, is, is just by people having more free time, 
They then have more time to engage in more environmentally sustainable behavior. You know, if you've got more time, you might be able to go and spend that time buying organic local veg rather than just buying a ready meal from the supermarket, as one example. Um, so there's, there's massive environmental benefits to a four-day working week and shorter working time. And I think it's about time that the environmental movement started taking four-day week more seriously across the US and the UK, because um, it really could be a, have a big impact. One thing I don't know about uh, there with the uh, strong Labour Party, where you, you have a left in the UK, we don't have one over here, but there's been traditionally sort of a, a fight between, or a perceived difference between uh, Labour's interests and the interests of people who care about the environment. It's been sort of a pictured as a, as a class thing that the upper class can care about the environment because they have the free time and the money, but you know, working people, you just got to work, work, work all the time. And I wonder if, you know, there's been that separation between the two uh, uh, interests. I wonder if that's being affected, if it's perhaps bringing the two together in a new way. I mean, I think that was the case up, up until about 10 years ago, possibly. I think at this point, everyone is realizing the, the looming climate catastrophe that we're headed towards. And I think, you know, it's in all of our interests for, you know, for our grandchildren, uh, in the future that we have a planet that we can all live on. So I think it's in everyone's interest to bring down carbon emissions. And it's also in everyone's interest to be working, working less. As long as, you know, we've, we, we've always been adamant that a four-day work week has to be implemented with no reduction in pay for workers. Uh-huh. And with, the, with it absolutely embedded into that, that those on low incomes have their incomes protected, um, you know, of course, if, of course, if, if higher earners who can clearly afford to take the option of going to a four-day week reduction in pay, then that's fine. But at its heart, it has to, we have to protect the incomes of, of those on low incomes. Well, that brings up the issue. We have, you know, over here, there's uh, the uh, Trump Republican Party, which is kind of wacko and different from the traditional conservatism, but you have conservatives there they're called tories here they're just big corporate interests that have held sway over both political parties the same big corporate money calling you know having so much power over the democrats and republicans i wonder how the idea of 40 hours pay for 30 hours work is going over with those corporate interests uh in the uk i can't imagine they'd like it too much but i'm curious um, well, we did some, we did some, had some polling out two months ago of, of business leaders in the UK, which showed that actually to our surprise, 79% of business leaders in this country are open to a four day working week. So there's clearly opportunity there. Um, you know, this is not an anti business policy at all. This is about boosting productivity and boosting the economy and sharing work more equally across the economy, which of course also brings in more money in tax because there'll be more people paying tax uh-huh. because less people unemployed. Um, but you know, you know, there are you know there are concerns from 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 business leaders and business types. But what I would say to them is just look at the evidence of where the organisations and businesses that have done it. Listen to those organisations. Wherever they've made that move, productivity has gone up, and and businesses and employers aren't losing out at all. You know, they're gaining from also having a better image as a company because their workers are happier. You know, they're being uh-huh. in that way able to retain talent and attract talent to their organization. So this is definitely not an anti-business policy. So the idea of 40 hours pay, getting the same paycheck 
that people have gotten for you know eight hours a day, five days a week. If it's thirty hours work, they get the same paycheck, and that that's going. I mean, there must be opposition to it. How has uh, how has the uh, or the uh, conservative party dealt with it? There, or you know, business people seem to understand, but I wonder. I mean, there's got to be opposition to this from somebody. Is there? Maybe there's not. I mean, just, just a quick clarification. It's 32 hours a week. That 32. Not 30 hours. Um, I see. Yeah, 32 hours, yeah, um, which is which is eight hours less, uh, which is the one day. Um, in the 2019 general election, you're right, the Conservative Party in the UK were very opposed to it and spent a lot of time trying to um, hammer the policy. Mm. Um, but since... It's been interesting over the last few months since it's emerged as a, and, a, and clearly gaining popularity. They seem to have um, relaxed their opposition to it. I, you know, I, I don't think I don't think the Conservatives is something they're looking to implement anytime soon. But right. we uh, had a, we had a Labour MP raise a question about it in the House, House of Parliament recently, and the Treasury Minister for the Conservatives agreed to meet him to discuss it further. So it's clearly yeah. something they're a bit more open to. And one of the um, one of the pandemic environmental responses uh, was a short hours work scheme. So the government have are subsidising shorter hours um, as, as, as a kind of temporary post-pandemic response. So there's definitely opportunities there. Opportunities. And for those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here, the show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're speaking with uh, Joe Ryle of the four-day week in the United Kingdom about... Uh, how it might continue after the pandemic. Uh, and uh, th- there's so much possibility here. I wonder about uh, how you have Boris Johnson there. How is uh, he's an, an interesting character, shall we say, Bojo. Uh, how how is uh, his labor, he's, he's obviously not of the Labor Party, uh, how has Labour been in communication with Boris Johnson and how how important is his uh, interest in this? Or maybe it, it's not particularly powerful at all. What, what's the reality there? I'm not, I have to admit, I have no idea what Boris Johnson thinks about the four-day working week because I've not, I've not heard him say anything about it. Uh-huh. Uh, but we're, we're working quite closely with senior members of the Labour Party front bench team in developing their policy on the four-day week ahead of the next election. And, and we've had some very positive noises there. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to make the case to, to all political parties. We don't, you know, we're, we're a non-partisan campaign. Uh-huh. Um, and hopefully it's something that Boris Johnson can can consider in the future. Or perhaps you'll get it. Um, a... we we... Go ahead. Yeah, we also feel like we can, you know, we're building the case in such a strong way that hopefully one day it will be almost impossible for them not to support. I, I wonder if there's pressure that once the the COVID uh, pandemic is behind us, and let us hope that soon, that perhaps oh, forget this four day work week thing. Let's just go back to to full on uh, five day forty hour uh, work week, and that this is you know just a temporary thing. I, I, I wonder if there'll be a lot of pressure to go back to that picture of normalcy. What's what's your sense of that? I'm, I'm sure there will be pressure, but uh, but I think in people's minds things have shifted, and uh-huh. and I think people are having that real people are having that realization. You know, by by having a bit more time on their hands to spend with family if they're working from home, 
people are starting to realize what's important to them in life and it's not working all the time you know why mm. why do we honor why do we honor why is it a badge of honor to be working all the time you know we i think i think that's breaking down now as a as a as, as a way that people would look to live their lives uh, and I, and, I, and i think that you know things have broken in, in, in people's minds in terms of what they want for a better future and it, and it is a better work life balance um, so yeah. I, you know, I, the four day the four day working week is is not going away. Um, it's only going to grow and grow in strength. Well, that's that's uh, good to hear. And we all, you know, those of us who are, came from the mid twentieth century look to the twenty first century to have more leisure time. That was clearly, you know, something we could envision with more uh, work saving devices uh, and and more automation. That there could, in fact, be more leisure time, so that people could be creative. Uh, you know, we're not we're not here. I don't think just to be uh, tending the cogs and the wheels. You know, and like in the movie Modern Times with uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, that we're you know, people. It's it's better for us all to be able to be creative, to have arts and music. It's not just a a silly luxury. It's important for who we are. And what, of course, the the. British Empire is no longer, but there is still the Commonwealth. What kind of reaction has come from the Scottish government and and the Welsh government? It's interesting you say that because actually the the Scottish government and the Welsh government are the ones that are leading the way on it. So ah, in, uh-huh. in in Scotland, the ethnic, the Scottish National Party are in power and they have been for, for quite a while there. Up in Scotland, uh-huh. their their conference yesterday just adopt, adopted new policy on the four day working week. Which commits the Scottish government to exploring all possibilities for implementing the four-day week. So that's very encouraging. Oh, great! The Welsh government um, have a future generations commissioner who is also investigating trials to be led by the Welsh government on the four-day working week, and that's going to report back in the new year. Um, because in Scotland and Wales, there are also uh, local elections that are happening in May. So there's huge scope for for the devolved nations, Scotland and Wales, to actually be the pioneers for a four-day working week and set the, set the best example. And, of course, there's also New Zealand and Australia. And the the government of, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, uh, is, is, is she... She's led the way in a lot of different things. Very popular. She has a great uh, impression over here on this side of the pond. How, what, what about uh, her approach to the four-day work week? Have they put it into practice? It's not something that the New Zealand government have implemented on a national level, but right. Jacinda Arden has repeatedly spoken in media interviews about using the four-day week as a way of building back better after <laughs> the COVID crisis, and she seems to be in favour of it. There's also uh, two major companies in New Zealand now, Perpetual Guardian, who have been on a four-day working week for two couple of years now. They're one of the biggest global companies that have adopted it and kept with it it's worked for them. Oh, and Unilever, as I mentioned earlier, which is in New Zealand, which has moved to a four-day week. So New Zealand definitely seems to be leading the way uh, across the world. And there's also interesting developments in Spain where... Um, uh-huh. The Valencian, gov- the Valencian government are uh, subsidizing a four-day week for companies um, and a uh, national motion has gone down in the latest budget for the Spanish government to support that across Spain. So there's, there's developments all across the world right now and, and in Finland and Iceland there's been lots of positive trials. So it's, it's definitely um, spreading. I don't think it's 
I haven't heard much about it here yet. That's why it kind of caught my attention. And interesting that you use the phrase building back better. Well, that happened to have been the campaign slogan for the newly elected uh, Biden administration, build back better. And it's going to take some uh, waking up here, shall we say. I, I, I don't, you know, the labor uh, movement, I think, is strengthening here in the United States. It's been down for a long time. But have there been contacts with the, uh, the uh, AFL-CIO and uh, other, other uh, labor unions here in the United States with regard to four-day work week? Um, I'm not sure that there's a four there's a four day week US campaign um, uh-huh. which we're in touch we're in touch with and and I know they've got plans to uh, step up their campaign and we were in touch with them last week. I mean, what I was you know you, you said earlier there's no US left. I'm not sure that's quite true because obviously we have Bernie Sanders and all of that movement that that came alongside him and and in the election that just take place we had the the, you know the squad that oh, began yes. around AOC seems to have doubled now from four to eight yes, members, and so I think you know I I I actually am a bit bemused at why we haven't had anything from any of these politicians about the four-day working week, and I think mm. uh, I know Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang oh, is a big yes. supporter of the four-day working week, and he's spoken about it, but I'd like to see that group of the squads and Bernie Sanders really looking at it and talking about it as a serious policy for the future in the U.S. I certainly hope they do. They have a lot on their plate right now, and uh, yeah, it's there's some left there. It's sure. you know, the, it's not. It used to be sort of the vital center back in the in the fifties, but now it's considered the left to have. But anyway, we're getting there. We are getting there slowly, but perhaps surely. And you have a Green Party actually in the United Kingdom. There's really not one here. And uh, some of the material I read, Caroline Lucas is a Green Party member of Parliament. She is quoted as saying, a four-day week uh, would free people up to contribute to our society and communities in the many positive ways which make our society work, but isn't measured properly or properly valued in the way it should be. What does she mean by that last part? Isn't measured or properly valued in the way that it should be? And I wonder about the uh, possibilities for that. I believe she's talking about, uh, you know, the, the the army of volunteers in the UK who volunteer for green charities um, in their local community, also the creative industries. You know, if people have a bit more free time in their lives, then they'll have more time for art, for theatre, for music, all of these things that we all enjoy doing in our life but we don't have enough time for. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, things that aren't valued by GDP necessarily, but, you know, are more valued around well-being and happiness. And I think, you know, the four-day working would, would make people immeasurably happier in the future. Um, and that, you know, that would be the kind of thing that people would be spending more time doing. Sounds good. What about, there, there's another, so many different aspects of this going on in the UK. There's, tell us, please, about the Working Time Commission. What is that? So Working Time Commission is, is, a, is, our, is a demand we've put on the government uh, for them to set up um, because, you know, as, as I mentioned, we, you know, we have a conservative government who haven't always been uh, supportive of shorter working hours. And we recognize that they probably aren't going to suddenly implement a 32-hour, four-day statutory working week. Um, but what they could do, and which is what we're calling for them to, to set up, is a Working Time Commission that will just be able to, you know, include trading, include business groups in the process of look at all of the policy making opportunities for implementing shorter working time, because there's lots that can be done without 
necessarily implementing it across the board for the whole country. Um, and, you know, post-COVID-19, that makes a lot more sense, uh, particularly with this opportunity for sharing work, you know, the work that does still exist more equally across the economy. Work sharing. And there's also something called, uh, well, it's a think tank called Autonomy. What is their role? What have they found regarding job creation from the four-day work week? Yeah, so the, the the think tank, the autonomy of a think tank that um, lead on work around the future of of of, of the world of work, um, and they've done lots of studies into the four day working week over the past few years. Most recently, they did a report into how the four day week could be pioneered in the public sector in the UK, um, and that found that it, it, with with government um, putting in, putting in around five billion pounds per year which is less than 1% of total government spending. So it's a relatively small amount that would be good value for money that would create up to half a million new jobs in the public sector, um, and which were, you know, which was a, a very interesting study to see how that could be rolled out within the public sector first, setting the, the best case example. And in, in the great, you know, increasing employment in the Great Depression of the 1930s, Many different things were tried. Was shorter working time found to be a way to address high unemployment back then? It was exactly, and 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 in the in in the letter that we coordinated uh, across with different campaigners, politicians, and trade union leaders across Europe and the world, uh, which was sent to world leaders, we we referenced that that you know historically wherever there has been times of recession and economic crisis, shorter working hours of have have often been used to in that in that moment of crisis where where people are desperate for work but the work opportunities for work are also limited um, and you know there's no reason why we shouldn't be using implementing them again now. Well, hopefully, well, one thing I have often said, and people are probably tired of it, that uh, one thing I've learned from history is that we never learn from history, but perhaps we can learn this. It worked back then. You know, uh, as we mentioned earlier, a hundred years ago, people just tended the machine. Very few people back then would say they were happy with their job. Very few. The idea of a healthier work-life balance would have seemed absurd. Uh, yeah. Since the 1980s, United Kingdom workers have seen almost no reduction in working hours, and productivity has lagged behind. Though uh, longer people work longer hours than most European countries. As a result, more than two-thirds are stressed or overworked. Uh, and now we have Brexit starting to happen. How has the uh, overworked British uh, public, working public, how has that affected the economy and the nation? I mean, I think it's the nation which is crying out for change. Um, you know, just because we've done something for such a long time, it doesn't mean that it's the right the right thing to do. Um, and, yes. you know, the, the nine to five, five day week was designed for a 1940s industrial economy, uh, you know, it's sort of agricultural area, industrial economy, and yet it's still dominating the way we live our lives. It makes absolutely zero sense. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I think a lot of people are miserable in their jobs. You know, recent uh, survey showed that more than half of, of, of UK workers don't enjoy their job or aren't happy in their job or looking wow. for change. Um, and I think I think you know people would be a lot more motivated, a lot happier if they had a bit more free time in their lives. I can't help but think so. 
I don't know if, if you know if that's happening here. I mean, people are stressed about money. The, the, the government hasn't come through with uh, uh, subsidies for people who have lost their jobs. A lot of businesses have closed. Uh, I hope the UK government is, is handling it better. But one of the things about, you know, happiness, it's not absurd to talk about happiness. We can, it, it does matter in term, just in, in cold numbers, in terms of productivity uh, of, of a country. And mental health systems, I wonder if a four-day work week might, for a change, get to the causes and not just the symptoms of stress and mental health. Because so often, you know, you just uh, address the problem after the fact and help people cope somehow. But how might a four-day work week actually get to the causes of, of mental health uh, difficulties? I mean, that's a really good point because, um, you know, we all, we all have, uh, anyone who's worked for any sort of decently sized organization before will have probably been invited to mental health webinars and that sort of thing, which, uh, quite, fra- quite frankly, are a bit of a joke because yeah. the reason people have mental health issues in the first place is because they work all too much and they have no time in their lives for, for all the other things, um, you know, and that's causing immense, immense stress and pressure on families immense burnout, immense mental health issues. And, you know, you're right. The symptom is that we're just working too much. And no mental health webinar is going to solve that. Uh, (laughs) That's the reality. Ah, these webinars. Yeah, well, somebody's making money off it. What about democracy? You know, I have found that people don't, they're so busy. They haven't been able to pay much attention to politics and the workings of democracy because they're just so busy all the time. You know, somebody else can do it. I don't have time to look into where a candidate stands on any particular issues. You hear that a lot. How might a four-day, 32-hour week impact the actual exercise of democracy, which I kind of like? Well, that, that would be one of the major, major impacts, is that, you know, as you say, if, if people have more time on their hands and they've more, got more time to engage in the political process and that, might not that, that that doesn't just mean turning up to vote on the on the day of the election. Exactly. That means enough time to engage in the local literature, maybe go and attend a, a hustings or a local meeting in their community. But you know that's only going to be a good thing for democracy if people have more time. And uh, you know I think I think we would also see the voter registration and the amount of people taking part in elections would be very likely to go up if we we move to a four-day working week because, yeah, lots of people just don't have enough time into engagement and therefore don't feel like it's for them. Uh, And, you know, it's still surprising that, I still find it surprising that only two-thirds of the UK, and I think a similar number in the US, actually vote in elections, even though, Mm. you know, the election, of course, uh, people have their frustrations with politicians and political parties, I completely sympathise, but... The reality is that you know that decision will make will impact on people's lives uh, for the next four or five years ahead, and it's, it's always surprises me that uh, you know not not the absolute majority of, of, of countries are taking part in these elections. And uh, you know it can only be a good thing that people have more time for local dem- in terms of engaging with local democracy, and also not just on a national level, engaging sure. with their local. In the UK, we have local council. Uh, system, you know, most people in this country don't even know who their local councils are, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was also partly because they just don't have enough time to engage in it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They don't have time, and that's been one of the strengths of the outgoing Trump regime is that they can just say very, very simple things, 
without any facts. I mean, totally untrue. But since people don't have time, they just believe that. And that's a real problem. And democracy is not a spectator sport, and it's sort of become a spectator sport. So perhaps this can be one of the many benefits of, of the uh, four-day uh, uh, work week. Um, and I noticed that uh, the Sunday Mirror, and I'm try- I don't remember. I know there's conservative papers and liberal and left papers. The Sunday Mirror conducted a poll to look at how people would spend their extra free time. Tell us about the Sunday Mirror, and, and what did that poll reveal, please? So the, the most interesting finding um, was that the, what people would the way that people would spend their free time it was overwhelmingly the most popular option was spending more time with their with family, uh, which which shows that people just don't have enough time in their lives. It's just a quite basic, um, you know, need in, in in life to spend time with the family and, the, and those that you love, uh, and and of course that would massively help with issues like family breakdown where where. You know, because largely families do often break down because there just isn't enough time for families to deal with issues as they come up. So that was the overwhelmingly most popular option. I can't remember the, the second, second, third, and fourth, but it was stuff like spending more time exercising, uh, yeah. learning a new hobby, um, spending time with friends was also some of the most popular options. Yeah, interesting. And and the right wing here tends to like to talk about family values and. Uh, Gosh, this would fit in rather nicely. I'm not sure they'd welcome it because I don't. I question their sincerity about family values, to be perfectly honest. But perhaps uh, this could be a way of injecting the discussion into uh, something that the right uh, could accept. And I was interested to see what average business leaders felt about the four-day work week. It was a little surprising to me. Tell us, please. Well, the the, the poll that we 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 took out of business leaders in the UK showed that. 79% of them are open to a four-day working week. Uh, they, you know, they're not closed off to this at all. They, I, think, huh. I think they can see that that's the, that's the direction in which work is headed in. Uh, it's inevitable that we're going to have to work less and that we want to work less, and that's desirable. And I think they're recognizing that this change is happening uh, and is going to happen. And it's interesting that you, you noted about sort of family values being a more kind of appeals to the more conservative wing of, of politics. And I, and I, and I, you know, I, I think that's good. I, you know, I, I don't see the four day working week as a left wing issue. I mm-hmm. think there's something in it for everyone. Uh, I think it, this is about benefiting everyone within the economy, regardless of their political affiliation. Interesting. Well, it's nice to bring people together for a change. There's such divisions everywhere, at least here. And one of the most hurt sectors of the economy here in the U.S. has been retail and the hospitality industries, they're, they're really hurting. How might the four-day week affect those sectors of the economy, retail and the hospitality industry? Well, I think they would, they would stand to benefit more than, 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 many, than many others because people have, if people, you know, if you encourage people, let, let's say most people have a Friday off. Of course, with, with, with certain sectors and different jobs, it wouldn't work like that. But let's say most people picked having a Friday off. People are going to, on that Friday, are going to spend more time going shopping in retail, you know, in the retail sector, spending time in hospitality, restaurants, cafes, uh, traveling around for short breaks across the country where they live, all these things that boost these sectors. So, you know, if I was in the retail sector now or the hospitality sector, I would be arguing for a four-day working week uh-huh. because I would see that that's going to massively benefit my business uh, in the future. 
Yeah, interesting. We have to, <laughs> there's been talk of the, uh, ever since Reagan trickled down, but the reality is that it comes from demand. You got to build demand, not supply, but demand and, and having people have more time. They can go into the retail shops. They can travel more uh, once the COVID uh, uh, lifts and hopefully it can, can happen. Um, and for those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here, the show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about the four-day, 32-hour work week in the United Kingdom with uh, one of the leaders of the movement, Joe Ryle. And I've seen that after a lot of lobbying work, uh, you guys say you're very pleased that 43 members of parliament from Labour, the SMP, Plaid Simru, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, the Green Party, and the SDLP have now signed up. Is there also support from the Tories? And I don't know some of those those parties there, but that seems pretty broad. Yeah, I think it was 45 in the end. Plaid Cymru was the party you can pronounce, which is a, the, ah. one of the biggest parties in, Wale, in Wales. Um, so it really is a cross-party. You know, there really is cross-party support for it. Unfortunately, at the moment, there isn't uh, very much support from it from the Conservative uh, Party. But we are working on lobbying them behind the scenes to see if we can tease out a few MPs in support of it. Uh, and, I, and we have been right. I wrote a piece a couple of months ago for The Spectator, which is a, a right-leaning magazine uh, making the case for why the Conservative Party should support it, which was, was, was received very well. Um, but it, yeah, it's, we're definitely working on a cross-party, non-partisan basis um, because, yeah. you know, we recognise that this is a policy for everyone. Um, and as part of that, you know, in terms of growing the coalition for a four-day week, the uh, the other kind of parts of it that we want to bring into the movement is, is the environmental movement um, because I think they need to take shorter working time more seriously but also the mental health sector as well because because you know yeah. for, I, I, overwork is one of the is, in the UK is now the biggest single cause um, of uh, mental workplace mental health issues um, and, and it's about time that the mental health sector recognise that and I, and, and I would like to see them campaigning alongside us for a four-day working week. And I can imagine there's so much traffic now on our roads. I mean, our roads were built in the in the 50s, and they just can't handle it. And there are people who commute every day, spending hours and hours in these big parking lots that barely move at all. This, by staggering work times and having different people work different four days, uh, that's got to take a toll on mental health, sitting there in traffic hour after hour, day after day, year after year. Uh, this has got to help that as well. And and your campaign notes, we stand at a critical moment in time amidst political and economic crises. Rebuilding our economy to be fairer and more equitable will bring about much needed change to the lives of millions of people. But this will only happen by maintaining political pressure. I don't know who this quote is from. Politics and protest, both necessary, neither sufficient by itself. Pressure from the average citizens is always challenged, but it's extremely important. Whatever else is is going on, are people able to? Is the pressure mounting satisfactory for this? For, for this, you know, not just from uh, you know elected people, but the the public uh, making noise in the streets. Is that happening? I think I think so. I mean, I, I believe that the roots of four day working week is both top down and bottom up. So of course we need government. Of course we need governments, you know, looking at legislative change and, and bringing in the four-day working week. But at the same time, we need workers from below demanding it alongside their trade unions. And you know, if, if people are, you know, we've seen vocal support for a four-day working week across the world in polling, on social media, 
in media coverage. And um, if people want to support the campaign, and you know, why not? Why not identify local businesses and local organisations in their community and go and make the case, go and persuade them to do it? Because this doesn't just need government to do it all for us. We can, businesses can just make the change themselves and get on with it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the idea will start to sell itself. So, yeah, it, it, it's got to be both bottom up and top down. So paint a picture of that brighter future, please. You know, it's always good to, to picture what you can do and then make it happen. Uh, and I wonder what people can do uh, to help make it happen here in the U.S. and perhaps learn from, from the U.K. and, of course, what website you can uh, perhaps point people to. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm already, I mean, I'm a four-day week campaigner, but I also work a four-day week. So in uh-huh. a way, I'm already living out, I'm already living out the, my, my future vision for society. Um, and on, on, on my, I, I have Fridays off, so I have a three-day weekend every week. And on my Friday, I, I, I often spend my time just doing the, the, the kind of tasks that I don't have enough time for in the week. So like mm-hmm. washing my clothes, changing a light bulb, reading a book, those sorts of things. Sometimes I go out and meet friends or and volunteer in the local market garden um you know if if if, if you know everyone loves a three-day weekend everyone loves it yes. everyone has a good time imagine if you could have that every single week and mm. imagine how that would bring people together within their communities uh on you know let you know if most people had a friday off just imagine the amount of mixing that would go on with your fellow community getting to know people better um mm. volunteering in the community you know Let's, that's the that's the kind of future we want, um, and I think in for for the US, I think people should follow the four day week US campaign and, and try and get involved with them. Um, if they want any more information about our campaign, then they should go to four the number four four day uk and all the arguments set out there, all of the reports we've done over the years, uh, and and kind of news coverage we've had is all is all covered on there. Well, there's been such bad news for so long. 2020 has been one heck of a down year. It's good to hear some positive things coming out of it and some degree of optimism. Fascinating. It's so good to hear. Joe Ryle, thank you so much for being with us on Keeping Democracy Alive. And uh, if people get behind it, we can, we can make it happen here as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind